This is your morning juice. Good morning. It is Tuesday, November 25th, 2014. I'm Matthew Norton with Paula Caruso. This morning, Ferguson burning. Paula, overnight, more rioting in that city. Yeah, it's a sad scene to see everything that's taking place, all the reports that have been splashed across uh, the TV, all the different channels, and to know that at the end of the day that uh, Michael Brown's parents have asked people to peacefully protest yeah. and to not, to not get into these violent acts. So it's sad all around. We're going to talk more about the Ferguson decision and also some of the media highlights from last night's coverage. We're also going to talk about happier topics like Thanksgiving, although the travel may be treacherous for some of you if you're headed up the East Coast. And also the best places to find some really good Black Friday deals. We had a couple of them last week. We've got even more this morning. But we first want to let you know that Audible is now sponsoring your morning juice. And you can get great audiobooks like Yes, Please by Amy Poehler. For listening to your morning juice, you can get a whole month for free. Just go to audibletrial.com slash yourmorningjuice. You'll get a month of Audible for free, plus a book of your choice that normally would be regular price, but you'll get it for free for just trying Audible out. And we'll talk more about that here in a little bit. But first, obviously, the big story across the United States and many places around the world this morning are leading with the Ferguson grand jury's decision not to indict Officer Wilson after he shot and killed an African-American teenager named Michael Brown over the summer. The reaction was pretty swift. I don't know, Paula, if you saw the split screen as the the prosecutor there in St. Louis County was saying that the grand jury had decided not to indict the officer. The audience there outside Ferguson's police headquarters were listening on radios, it appeared, and they sort of looked like they didn't quite understand at first what he was talking about because he used that legalistic language of no true bill, meaning they didn't indict. And then they began to cry, and then some of the men in the audience seemed to get very, very angry. And then it just, even while he was talking, people started running, and it, it looked like the rioting was going to begin at any second. And in fact, it may have even begun while he was still talking. Yeah, that's what I thought when I saw the split screen and you kind of saw the scene developing outside that I thought, here he is, you know, and he had this written news conference that he was determined to give till the end. And I'm thinking all these people in this building listening to this have no idea what's going on outside right now. And we have yeah. the vantage point of seeing both. And as like it was kind of developing and getting bigger outside, he's still in there rambling off. You know, he saved the end for... This is what happened on this date. This is what happened, and this, 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 and this. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, when are we going to wrap this up? I also wondered, you know, he took a lot of questions, uh, and which was good, but he kept going and going so long. I thought, wow, he, who, what's going to happen here? Is he going to keep talking until the president talks, or will the president just wait for him to wrap up? Or, but anyway, he wrapped up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm wondering, I know you're in the, the St. Louis area for now, and I'm wondering what is it like on the local scale when you're watching the media? Because a lot of times, for those of us who work in media, you and I have been on the local level, and a lot of times what we're covering is vastly different than what the national media outlets are covering. It's pretty similar, except 
For instance, when the crowd took over Interstate 44, I was watching CNN, and I couldn't see what interstate it was, and they didn't describe on CNN for a long time what interstate it was. So I flipped over to one of the local stations and found out that it was Interstate 44. But to be honest with you, CNN absolutely flooded the zone with so many correspondents, and they also had those backpacks where now you have photographers with backpacks that are transmitting over the Internet, and that's why the correspondents and their camera folks are able to move about, because in the old days, we were cabled. We were Our cameras were cabled to a truck, and so we could only move maybe in a 50 feet or 100 feet radius, depending on <laughs> depending on how how enthused your camera person was at <laughs> setting up that night, uh, if he would use the long cable or if he was just in the mood to use the short cable. Um, and that went station to station. Funny that. But anyway, <laughs> now they have these backpacks that enable you to just go anywhere. And so I was actually watching a lot of CNN because I was able to see more things. And also, to be honest, they were taking uh, Channel 4, the CBS affiliates, uh, helicopter shot on CNN. So I felt like I had the best of both worlds. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's good. And also, you know, the networks employ these high-dollar legal analysts, and so I knew for sure, I was watching a little bit of the CVS affiliate up until uh, the press conference was about to begin, and then I really did switch to CNN for a long, long time because those legal analysts are the brightest legal minds out there, especially Jeffrey Tubin, who covers the Supreme Court, and... uh, I wanted them to be able, if there was something weird going on with this grand jury or what the prosecutor said, I wanted to be able to understand it because that's just something that local news can't afford, you know? Mm-hmm. And and you were saying that uh, when we talked a bit earlier that even those top minds, those legal people really didn't understand clearly what was being said? No, because the prosecutor wanted to give a defense of why the grand jury had not charged uh, Officer Wilson. And so he keeps going through this evidence, which was interesting. Um, but And so I was trying to pay attention. In fact, I closed my laptop at about 8 o'clock local time when the prosecutor was supposed to begin. Then, of course, he was late, which most news conferences start late. So it was more like 8.15, 8.20 when he began. But I didn't want the distraction of Twitter. And so I just closed it, and I, I wanted to be able to listen to everything he said. And so I tried to pay attention to the evidence. And I guess um, what was interesting to me is they think, uh, according to the medical examiners who've, who've done the three autopsies, they think that the wound to Michael Brown's thumb was when he was close to the car, and that that was sort of a grazing wound, and that the top of the head wound probably was the last, but they can't really tell those middle shots, which came when. And also, um, one of the CNN legal analysts picked up on the fact that for the first time, we are we are hearing that Michael Brown allegedly walked away or ran away from the squad car. And then um, the evidence, according to the prosecutor, uh, is that he started coming back toward the officer. So uh, that was all quite confusing, even to one of the C- uh, even to Jeffrey Tubin, who said he was trying to follow it closely too. And it was just like overwhelming. All this, all this mm-hmm. stuff coming out of his mouth in that monotone was just like overwhelming. Like it was just in no no particular context. It was just like he was, like you said, just like up there reading a document. Yeah, yeah, and he had some initially off the top some attacks on 
the media and social media, almost like he doesn't understand the world in which we live today. Yeah, because, of course, as we know um, from us getting on Twitter way back in 2008, not too long after Twitter actually started, probably a year or so before that, the the power is to the people now as far as the media goes, and they can have you know, a much bigger audience than even your local news anchor because there are some folks on there who have 100,000 followers or whatever, mm-hmm. and they have a certain amount of power now. And so you hope that they aren't spreading rumors. And and I understand what he was trying to talk about as far as like, uh, for instance, on the local news uh, tonight, one of the stations did a story about how there was a picture, a supposed picture of Officer Wilson with a just really beat up face and he was in a hospital bed and whoever typed, whoever sent the viral message was like, uh, how come no, none of the media are mentioning how badly Officer Wilson was beat up? Well, they did the research and found out that that was actually some some motocross rider who actually had died a year or two before the Ferguson thing even happened and that that picture was not of Officer Wilson at all. So I get what the prosecutor's saying about people blatantly just putting lies out there trying to stoke people's mm-hmm. emotions. Right. But at the same time... He didn't do a good job of managing that because, you know, I don't know, I guess to me, if you have a situation where a bunch of people are telling you, well, Bob, because your father was killed when he was a police officer and you were a little boy, your father was killed in the line of duty, there is a perception out there um, that you are a cop's prosecutor and that you may not be fair— in this case, and if that is even just a perception, perhaps you should ask the governor to appoint a special prosecutor so that we can get to the bottom of this. And I, I was astounded in the beginning that no special prosecutor was appointed because in so many cases in which there's a cop shooting in some uh, locale that I've worked in, it is not uncommon at all for there to be a special prosecutor from another jurisdiction in the state or even someone from the state attorney's, uh, attorney general's office to come in to, to look to investigate and to prosecute and not expect a grand jury of 12 lay people to investigate on their own or with what the prosecutor has fed them. And so that surprised me. And so I think from the beginning, at least the optics and the the PR has not been handled well at all. And yes, you can argue that this is the legal system, but the legal system in this country is built upon the people having confidence in it. And if the people don't have confidence in it, then it it just breaks down into what we see in Ferguson overnight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I know. Uh, on a more hilarious take, I guess, if you can call it that, somebody had tweeted tonight that, um, they thought that all the leaders in Missouri had gotten together and uh, discussed what would be the worst possible steps they could take in this situation, and then took <laughs> and then took them all. So, like you yeah. said, from from when this began over the summer until now, it's really been handled in so many ways. What doesn't seem to be the right way by the public, at least, even the build up to this announcement, and then the announcement, you know, in the evening hours. Uh, when people are out of work and out of school, and if you're really looking to quell the violence and to not have it erupt into what it has erupted into, why, you know, was this time uh, agreed upon yeah, to have after this announcement? Dark. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems to me that in a situation of a grand jury, 
the prosecutor runs the grand jury unless the judge needs to step in uh, for some reason, but it's pretty much the prosecutor's call. And so I imagine that it was uh, Bob McCullough's call that he was going to announce it at 8 o'clock at night, and that was his decision. And it really uh, is distressing to me, as a person who grew up in the St. Louis area, to see how backward uh, the St. Louis regional leaders are in their handling of all this and how not ready for prime time they are. For instance, if I were a political party, I would never have my uh, presidential convention in St. Louis, not with the current leadership. They cannot handle any type of disturbance. Were there a disturbance to break out? And it's, it's really distressing because politics in St. Louis and St. Louis County are rough and tumble. So I've sort of figured that they were ready for prime time and, and, and knew how to handle the media and knew how to handle controversy, and which requires its own special openness. But instead, they chose to go the grand jury route, which is very, very secret. And I think, rightly or wrongly, that just caused more people to feel that rather than justice, they're just trying to sweep it under the rug. Yeah, you hope, uh, the hope going forward would be that this violence doesn't erupt into several days like it did originally yes. over the summertime. And that hopefully. And this time, this time, there is no excuse for these idiots out there overnight setting fire to businesses and causing all of this mayhem. The cops out there on the street this time, and I don't believe this time they include Ferguson police, I think it's mostly St. Louis County and state police or state troopers. Mm -hmm. I think this time the cops have acted heroically, and you can just tell how better prepared these officers are, and I wouldn't be surprised that these are probably different officers than were at least out there the first few nights of that riot over the summer, but they hold their formation so well, and they use their tear gas so well in strategic ways to really move the crowd back. They, the cops were in control overnight for the most part. Now then, you obviously have people running off to the side, setting fire and looting. But as far as keeping people safe, people, not property, but people, I think the cops did a really good job. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree to that. And I should mention, as we record this in the early morning of Tuesday, no one has been hurt and no one has been injured. Of course, that could change, so I just want to put that out there, that at this point as we record, uh, no one's been hurt and no one has been injured in uh, or killed in these uh, latest round of riots, which I thought it was interesting. Don Lemon of CNN called this the worst riot of all of the ones that we even saw over the summer because of the the squad cars being torched in the businesses. And it's so sad because you were asking me about the local coverage and how it differs. What is different is when the national guys go away and we are left with the fallout. Yeah. And so you see the local store owner, he may be Pakistani or he may be a white or he may be black or he may be Hispanic or she. And they are like, I live in Ferguson. These people have attacked my business. I had nothing to do with this. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting because one of the African-American CNN correspondents overnight, as she was walking past a, a restaurant that had been attacked, she's like, the guy who owns this restaurant is African-American. So it's like these idiots that are out there doing this are hurting the same blue-collar type folks that they are. And it's just really sad. Yeah, that that seeing them uh, destroy businesses and shatter the glass and loot is really heartbreaking. Heartbreaking that that's happening in America, present day America. 
Yeah. Well, if the news has you down, there's a good pick-me-up that we can provide you. Go to audibletrial.com slash yourmorningjuice and get a book like Yes, Please from Amy Poehler or Tina Fey's autobiography or the memoir from Neil Patrick Harris, all read by their authors. Also, Mindy Kaling's book is is on Audible as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash yourmorningjuice and we'll give you a free month of Audible to try out and also a free book to download with no obligation. Yes, Please by Amy Poehler is one of the big bestsellers at Audible right now, and it's very interesting. I got to hear a little bit of it a couple of days ago, and it's a very different experience from her book, which, so if you've read the book, you may actually want to listen to the audiobook too, because she brings in Seth Meyers, Carol Burnett, Patrick Stewart, and a lot of other celebrities, and it's kind of like she's put a show uh, on MP3s, so that's pretty cool. Yes, Please by Amy Poehler, or any of the other books that you're interested in, just go to audibletrial.com slash your morning juice, which brings to mind Christmas shopping and the Thanksgiving holiday. And I'm just wondering if you have begun your Christmas shopping, Ms. Caruso. I have never been out for Black Friday. Well, since I've been working, I've worked every Black Friday. And before that, I just never, I guess the day I'd love to shop, but I don't love to fight crowds. And there's no deal that I've ever been presented with in my life thus far that is worth me going out and fighting a crowd on Black Friday. I'd rather pay more money than fight the crowd for it. I used to go as, as and my whole family would go when I was a kid because it was just kind of the thing to do. It wasn't as crazy as it is now. And it was just kind of exciting to be out there with all the deals and all the shoppers. And Santa was there usually. Like you mentioned on one of our earlier shows, it seems like Santa used to arrive the day after Thanksgiving. But now, like everything else, Christmas begins at Halloween. So we got to have Santa there, too. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of different. And also, uh, now that I'm an adult uh, and the Internet is so big, I actually see feel like I find more deals with Cyber Monday because you can compare a lot easier and... Also, there are special deals for Cyber Monday because, hey, it's Cyber Monday and you're at work. So don't you want your boss to pay for you to shop? Um, <laughs> because, I mean, really, that's what's going on. And I, uh, I, I that's what I enjoy. I enjoy more now. Obviously, in TV, we have these crazy schedules where we're either working in the morning or late at night. So I would shop before or after work. But but this the deals seem to be so good. I don't need to get out there in that craziness. And now with people camping out at all these best buys and stuff like that, I just think they want attention. They just need something, you know? Yeah. And those are the type of people that I feel like, like you were saying, it's more of an event. It's more of a, we do this every year, an annual thing that um, I don't think they're really looking for the best deals in town. I think they're just looking to make memories. Yes. Oh, make memories out here in a tent uh, waiting for Best Buy to open up. <laughs> um, and we're going to get to the the best deals for Black Friday that, that we found from E!, I don't know why E was interested in in Black Friday. I guess they just want more traffic at their website. I don't blame them. We'll get to that in a moment. But first, um, mm-hmm. I guess a lot of folks on the East Coast who are going to be heading um, to Grandma's house or their aunt's house or whatever could run into a big nor'easter uh, this week, huh? Yeah, our meteorologists were saying basically from north of D.C. and then up the East Coast, it's going to be real choppy if you're going to be traveling. I, I guess it's tomorrow, so uh, the day day before Thanksgiving. If you're going to be making the way up to the northeastern part of the country, 
you might want to, as uh, <laughs> the guy in our story says, you might want to pack your patience. <laughs> yeah, there's an AP story that I was telling uh, Paula about before we got started. It's just, you know, when you work in TV news and you go from city to city and market to market, there are these phrases that people use and where they came from, I have no idea, but they grate on your nerves because everywhere you go, somebody on the TV says this. And so Robert Sinclair Jr. of AAA mm-hmm. New York, you are my pet peeve of the day because <laughs> you told the Associated Press, I would pack your patience. <laughs> well, Robert, how do I do that? Do I bring my therapist with me? Should I also include room for my psychiatrist? You let me know, Robert, and I'll pack my patience. It'd be but, really easy um, if you were a doctor. I know. Yes. I If I'd only gone to medical school. Um, but the funny thing is, at the end of this article, they tell people they either need to leave today, as in Tuesday today, or Thursday, <laughs> which is Thanksgiving. <laughs> so like you said, Wednesday is going to be, I guess, the day that they expect some trouble. And that's when most people will be wanting to travel. Well, if uh, your grandma's anything like my grandma, she'll put the turkey in at the same time and just take it out whatever time you get there. So, <laughs> my grandma. So, is it dry? Do it you mean a, it's like dry? It was actually a ham, but it's like a family joke. My this is my mom's mom. One time for Christmas, she gets so excited, like, and my mom had told her that the ham is already cooked, so it just needs like ham just needs to be warmed up. You don't actually cook a ham. Yeah. And uh, but she just gets like so excited for people to come that she just like put it in the oven early because she had nothing else to do. So, (laughs) yeah, it was like way dry when it was time to eat it. My mom, I just remember my mom saying, mother, what time did you put this in the oven? And she said, oh, I had nothing to do. It was about like nine o'clock. And this was like about two (laughs) o'clock. And my mom was like, "Uh, way too long for a pre-cooked ham to be in the oven. (laughs) Wow. Do you ever have you ever heard that show on public radio called Splendid Table? It's a cooking show. She doesn't really cook, but she has great advice on recipes and things. She was uh, telling this one woman who wants to do uh, some sort of roast beef or some sort of beef. The woman was wanting over the weekend. This episode aired. She wanted to take the she was like going up to Minnesota or somewhere and there's going to be a long drive to their weekend cabin or something she wanted to take this roast beef along and cook it like beforehand or something and so the host is like well how long are you going to be there before you need to serve and she's like oh we'll be there 24 hours in advance and the host was like well you probably don't need to pre-cook it or anything (laughs) because it's going to be really dry on thanksgiving if you do that (laughs) it's like people like where in this like i uh, um the barefoot contessa who we talked about months ago her plans when she has her friends over and everything she is like people you only need to put a turkey in the oven for about two or three hours this waking up at 4 a.m to put the turkey in the oven has become this weird american tradition that the barefoot contessa says is wrong (laughs) it's probably because of uh like some people like when i i got married like my husband's family you're married (laughs) my husband my husband's family likes to eat early and i remember the first year that we were going to have thanksgiving with his family 
I want to say it was like 11 a.m. or something. They And I was like, wait, what? Wow. I know. I was like, wait, I, I'm like getting up at 11 a.m. Like we're supposed to eat <laughs> Thanksgiving dinner at that time. And he was like, well, what time do you want to eat? And I was like, what? Well, I, I don't know. Like we usually eat at like two-ish or three-ish. Like, yes. It's kind of a mixture between a lunch and a dinner. Yeah. Like two or three p.m. Yes. Yeah. And then when you get hungry around, you know, six-ish, seven-ish, you go and you eat the turkey sandwich. Like... You do the yeah. grazing around the kitchen again. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the early morning thing, that's definitely what some families are into. I think it's because they just eat so much earlier. We should mention if you are going to be up at any time cooking on Thursday, you'll want to make sure that you download our episode because we're going to provide, excuse me, I'm sorry, I must be, uh, throughout the show, as the show continues, I'm getting a cold. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> um, but, so hopefully it won't just be Paula on Thursday. Maybe I'll live to see Thursday and this Thanksgiving as well. <laughs> um, and we're going to tell you about some of our favorite Thanksgiving memories. For instance, it was funny as a kid because it wasn't long after eating the Thanksgiving meal in the afternoon that the tryptophan would take effect on my Uncle Marvin and my dad, and they would be uh, in either Lazy Boy or on the couch just totally out and uh it didn't you know it's like year after year it's like wow that tryptophan is, is totally is totally real so we'll have that for you on thursday and we'll also have a day after thanksgiving show too so we are not leaving you just because it's the holidays because i work paula caruso to death he is working me but that's okay i'm gonna get i'm gonna get holiday pay so i'm sticking around for these those two days Yes, and by sticking with me, kid, we find out the best deals for Best Friday so that you can at least send Driver or the Bodyguard out, since we know you don't go. But for instance, if you or Lieutenant Grant like Banana Republic, like me, well, according to E, you can go to Banana Republic, and if you get there before 1 o'clock on Friday, they'll give you 50% off, like half off of a full-price item, and... You know, I, I love, I have this thing. I love the Banana Republic uh, jackets, you know, mm. the sport jackets. Mm -hmm. They just look, they're just sculpted in such a way that, uh, I don't know. And also, a lot of times when I go to a, a store for for regular guys, it feels like everything is made as if, uh, they think that everybody is like 6'3 and, you know, has this long torso. As you know, I have a short, I have long legs, but I have a short upper torso, which is why at every TV station I have to sit on a uh, cushion or something so that I appear to match or raise up my chair so that I appear to match the height of my female co-anchor because I have a short small upper torso. I can't help it. That's what God gave me. So Banana Republic takes care of me in that way. Um, so will you so be going anyway, and getting one on Friday? Uh, probably not. I'll, I'll just hope that come January, February, when they're trying to get rid of this winter crap, it'll be an even better deal. That's my, <laughs> that's my hope. But by the way, if you aren't able to get to Banana Republic, Banana Republic, uh, on Friday until after one o'clock, um, you'll still get forty percent off. Oh, still a good deal. Yeah. Well, how about H and M? One of my favorite stores. Uh, now, do they only have women's things? No, they have men's and they have kids. Oh, I um, 
I when I went to Berlin uh, about 10 years ago on a journalist trip, all the ladies in my group were going crazy because there was this H&M in, H&M in Berlin, and they weren't as widespread in America as they are now. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I never, I didn't go with them into the H&M. H&M. Uh, sorry, I'm about to die from this cold. Um, <laughs> I just thought that they were ladies uh, things, so I have never been in one. I think originally they may have started, at least in America, they started with just ladies. I'm not sure. I, it's a European thing, so I'm not sure what it was over there. But now some of the biggest stores have um, you know, lots of ladies stuff, but they have like a small men's section, and then they have like a kids and a baby section too. So um, nice. Yeah, they're really expanding. But they're actually having some Black Friday sales already. You don't even have to wait until Friday if you want to go to their wow. website. You get free sh- free shipping on orders over fifty dollars, and I have the code. If you want this, write it down twenty six ninety five. That's your free shipping code. Orders over fifty dollars from right now all the way up until Black Friday, and then in store. If you're going to shop in person on Friday, the first one hundred shoppers at each store will be getting a scratch off gift card, and that can be up to three hundred dollars. You can also score up to thirty percent off your entire purchase all day long. So a lot of deals going on if you love H and M like I do. And I like Tommy Hilfiger every once every once in a while. Like I'm not gonna be one of those people that dresses head to toe, Tommy. But I like some of his uh, polos and things every once in a while. So if you are in the mood for Tommy, just uh, go to one of his stores, and if you buy something, you'll get a free plaid thermos. And see what the deal is. Not everyone's gonna know that if you go to Tommy Hilfiger on Black Friday that he gave you a free plaid thermos. So then you've got another gift for free to give somebody if you don't want the thermos yourself. Unless your guests are, or your uh, people you're giving gifts to are listening to this podcast, then they will know that you gifted them a free thermos from Tommy Hilfiger. Then what you do is you take the free gift cards you've gotten from the Bonefish Grill <laughs> and you give that away. Let's talk Old Navy because there's one in everyone's town. <laughs> I know you love Why it. Why do you want to move? I was on Bonefish Grill. <laughs> Three words, 50% off, all purchases, all day long. Everything, apparently, at Old Navy. There's something for everybody there. I love that old woman who died who used to do their commercials. And now Amy, oh, talk about synergy. Amy Poehler does their ads now, doesn't she? Yes, she does, actually. I haven't seen any Christmas ones, but I've seen other, like, back-to-school ones, and, and maybe she did last year's Christmas. I've seen her in a few of them. Here is the genius of Amy Poehler. There's that one where she's the hostess, and she says, we don't have any reservations until 2070 or whatever. Um, <laughs> she is such a genius, and plus she's talking so fast in that ad that I have to watch it several times, and every time I watch it, I get a new joke out of her. Like, I understand something else she's saying. And so it actually makes you want to watch the ad, just like that old woman used to, because she's so funny. Yeah, she is. And she's so great off the cuff. Like, I always wonder how much was actually scripted and how much was her just making it up as she goes. How much was her just wanting to see Chris Pratt in the buff, pretending (laughs) that it was a mistake that she opened the door and there he was without a sock and everything? (laughs) Now, he got in trouble for that, he said. (laughs) Now, there's another instance where you have to listen to each and every episode of your Morning Juice or you're not going to get these inside jokes. And don't forget, we'll be here Thanksgiving and Black Friday. (laughs) With bells on. Thanks so much for listening this morning. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Your Morning Juice is a production of Nob Hill Media. Stay up to date throughout the day 
at yourmorningjuice.com.